0: Welcome to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts Pamela and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Make sure you check us out by clicking on the Harshman Travel Radio Show link on BuildingFortunesRadio.com. That's www.BuildingFortunesRadio.com. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry you might have a chance of working with them in their business ventures and your travel plan. So listen in and enjoy the journey. Now on to our Building Fortunes radio show with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Let's get started, Peter.
1: Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You are listening to us on our very first radio show for the Harshman Travel Radio Show of 2024. Um, we are here every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, unless there's some technical challenges, and there was last week. So we missed the opportunity to talk about the you know the year in review, but maybe we'll talk a little bit about that and maybe some projections as we go um, into this. The way this radio show got started, specifically with Harshman Travel, is Pam Harshman, Uh, was a customer of ours on the PM marketing side, building home-based businesses. And I wanted a bigger microphone to be able to talk to people about, you know, the right things that were going on in home-based businesses, working with the right people in home-based businesses. And I called Pam and I told her what we were working on. And she says, well, Peter, we're not going to really be doing that regular home-based business network marketing thing. Um, And she did it mostly. Ron was just a supporting person. But she said, we're going to be moving into the traditional travel agency business. And I said, huh, well, I had to think a little bit because I really wanted Pam to do some radio shows, and she's a good person, and everything she does, you know, she brings her head with her wherever she goes. And I said, thinking it through, well, people in the home-based businesses are people, too. I mean, they like to travel, (laughs) so it's on their wish list. I mean, I know a lot of people that just say, I wish I could travel more. So it would be much better to have, like, our Building Fortunes Radio Travel Agency kind of talking if people have some questions, they need some recommendations, they need some guidance, so let's do some radio shows on travel, and that's stuck, and we've been doing this ever since. So it's been a decade or more. I'm not sure how long, but it's been a while. We've been doing these radio shows, and unless I mention there's a technical challenge, we do these every Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you go to com forward slash Harshman Travel, you'll be able to hear the previous radio shows. And, of course, if you go to harshmantravel.com, You'll be able to see and book your reservations and all that other sort of stuff. Make sure you're working with a great travel agent. They know their stuff. They can make sure you get a good deal, keep yourself out of trouble and that might be important. They'll be there. They'll remember your name when you call, like especially if you need some help. So um, the cool thing is to make sure you work with Harshman Travel. We like to go through introductions first. We do ladies first, and then Ron will come over towards the second half after he introduces a little bit about his background. And after our commercial break, Ron will give us the new news and maybe some of the past news that happened while we were away. And just a, a heads up for Ron, we can take as much time as we want catching up. We don't have to stick to the 30 minutes we try to stick to usually. So don't worry about that. We have bonus time on Building Fortunes Radio. So Pam Harshman, thanks for being here on your own radio show.
2: Hi, Peter. Thanks for having us again, and Happy New Year. Uh, I had yes, a- sir. yes, ma'am. When you were focusing on the words keeping us out of trouble, you actually <laughs> yeah. like uh, You were...
1: <laughs> I <I'm> thinking <laughs> were- about other things.
2: Are we talking about younger years? Uh Uh Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Anyway, a little bit about my background. I started my working years as a 911 dispatcher up in the Pacific Northwest and uh, loved my job and slow but sure, worked up into court administration and did that for several years until I met my husband, at which time I moved kitty-corner across the country and moved down to sunny Florida, where we currently are. And uh, uh, once down here, I didn't exactly want to start at the bottom of the ladder or anywhere close, so I was kind of looking for, you know, changes all the way around, so uh, I was shooting for something that I could do more independently and hopefully work from home. Ended up getting my realtor's license followed by my broker's license and sold real estate in South Florida for several years and just kind of determined it wasn't my niche and went and got my life and health insurance license and sold Medicare supplements to the senior population. Absolutely loved it. I loved going out to visit the seniors. I never knew what I was going to walk into, whether it be, uh, you know, a ladies' tea party with, you know, waiting on me or uh, several group couples getting together for a bunco, or just a, a couple after supper or something. So it was always um, a surprise, but I really... Had a good time doing it. I got a lot of satisfaction out of it. Uh, once you get up in those senior years, uh, your decisions on what you're going to do with your health care is probably, in my opinion, the most uh, important decision you're going to make because you don't know what the future is going to bring for you. Uh, none of us do at any point, however. Uh, senior years, it's a little bit different. It seems like those aches and pains are a little bit more prominent. But anyway, so it was really a good feeling when I could help them maneuver through the healthcare system and figure out what they wanted to do with their health care. And uh, so I really did like that job. However, at the same time, I was getting these Uh, little carrots dangling in front of me on my Facebook news feed about different home-based businesses, MLMs, and as you said earlier, I was a customer of yours, and I did uh, join several of those. I had several winners, but I had a couple losers in there, but overall, it was extremely educating, and I... I just I learned so much about the computer system, about building websites, about networking. Uh it was just a a very good experience. However, one day out on my uh, insurance travels, a friend of mine called and just out of the blue asked if Ron and I had ever thought about becoming travel agents. And You know, it kind of took me aback because it hadn't been but maybe a week prior to that that Ron and I had been kind of teasing back and forth, you know, here we are in our uh, upper years and, you know, empty-nester baby boomers and we had some disposable income and we basically could uh, manage our own schedules so where did you want to go, where do I want to go, you know, what's on our bucket list, what are we going to do first, you know, we were just sitting there having fun going back and forth, planning out where we were going to go, so when she asked me that, it just really, like I said, it took me aback, I could not wait to get home and talk to Ron about it, and once we did, we made our... Uh, pros and cons list and did some research on the Internet and decided to jump forward. We got all the education we could get our hands on and then all the proper licensures. And I have to say, in the long run, we have probably done a whole lot more traveling than we ever would have otherwise, as well as helped a whole lot of people stretch their travel dollars. So, all in all, it's been great until that big old C-word COVID hit, and then everything went straight down the toilet, and uh, that was kind of a bummer, but uh, things are coming back stronger than ever right now, and we're booking folks, they're having fun, and we ourselves are getting ready to go on our first cruise since COVID, and so... uh, We are uh, excited about where the whole travel industry is heading.
1: Excellent. Okay, good. And then,
3: Ron, over to you. Okay. Thanks, Peter. Uh, Happy New Year, and uh, good to be with you again. My background is uh, very different from uh, PM's. spent many, many years as a licensed clinical psychologist, very heavily involved, obviously, in my own clinical practice and my own clinical work, but also chose to get uh, heavily into the uh, behind the scenes self-regulatory aspect of the profession. When I first started out, a a very good friend of mine, a a mentor in fact, uh, told me that it would be very important for me to get involved in uh, the professional association and uh, be in a position to uh, not only have an impact, but also to give back. And uh, I, I was very pleased to uh, follow her advice, uh, got involved in the uh, Provincial Association. I was in Canada at the time and uh, got uh, heavily involved there, was on the board of directors, etc. and uh, gradually also became involved in the uh, national, in the federal uh, association, the Canadian Psychological Association, and uh, got uh, even more heavily involved there. I was uh, very fortunate to be elected as the uh, chairperson of the Applied Division of the uh, Canadian Psych, uh, sat on the board of directors, uh, several ethics committees, uh, professional affairs committees, uh, government uh, liaison committees, etc., and uh, represented the Canadian Psychological Association at meetings with the uh, sister association here in the States, the American Psych Association. So learned a lot, saw a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes uh, stuff that uh, most professionals are unaware of, uh, regardless of the profession, whether it's uh, medicine, dentistry, law, uh, whatever. Uh, most professionals uh, will end up joining their uh, state or uh, national Professional association, and they may attend a uh, annual convention or something, but a very very small number of professionals actually uh, dig in their heels and get involved in the uh, inner workings of everything so uh, it's it's very much an eye opener it was uh, very very rewarding, uh, very heavy involvement uh, but uh, really felt good about uh, giving back and uh, what I could do to uh, make contributions at the end of my career. I was uh, very fortunate and very honored to be elected as a, a lifetime honorary fellow of the Canadian Psychological Association. So it was uh, it was a full gun uh, opportunity and involvement, and uh, very much enjoyed it. When uh, I did get into uh, my uh, clinical practice, I uh, was fortunate in both my undergraduate and graduate training years to have a number of professors who really came across very strongly with their uh, recommendation that if we were even considering going into private practice at any uh, time, it would be very important to gain as much uh, varied clinical experience as we could working with different clinical populations before going into private practice because they made a very uh, salient point that when you go into private practice, you let people know you're seeing patients, you hang up your shingle, and put your ad the yellow pages, et etc, cetera, etc, cetera, but you really have no uh, control over who's going to call and make an appointment, come in to see you. Uh, And if you uh, have had no experience and don't understand at all the life situation that they are facing, the problems that they're trying to deal with, the impact that their life is having on them, uh, if you've never witnessed or been involved in any of that, you can end up uh, doing a lot more damage than, uh, than good. And uh, I really took that advice to heart and made sure that before I did go into private practice, I uh, committed myself to working for as many of the social service delivery systems as I could and getting as broad a base in clinical practice as uh, was available for me so that uh, I would not be in that situation. And I was very pleased to uh, have followed that pathway. It uh, certainly was the right thing for me to do and really prepared me for uh, what I uh, ended up getting heavily involved in. Spent a lot of time uh, working in corrections, both institutional and community-based, a lot of time in psychiatric facilities uh, for children as well as for adults, uh, alcohol and drug abuse, etc. At the uh, end, I, I really ended up Doing a lot of specialization in the uh, field of family law, uh, started uh, really getting involved heavily with uh, young couples, uh, doing a lot of uh, marital, uh, premarital, a lot of sexual counseling, etc. And working with that population, inevitably, I ended up uh, in many, many court situations because on a number of times, uh, my patients were uh, going through divorce. And as uh, young, immature uh, kids, basically too many of them uh, were very irresponsibly seeing their children as the uh, last battleground where they were trying to really uh, get the final digs in at their about-to-be uh, ex-spouse. So children were really being used as pawns and uh, the whole child custody uh, visitation, uh, uh, custody disputes, uh, became a very, very uh, heavy area that I got uh, very, very deeply involved in. At the time that I uh, started getting involved working with that population, there were some major changes happening, happening in the legal system. Up until that time, both in Canada, where I was at the time, and in the States, uh, the courts were pretty much predetermined that if you had a young couple going through divorce, and there were young children involved, and there was a dispute over custody and access, the courts almost invariably would give uh, custody to mommy and visitation to daddy. And although that worked in many cases, we were seeing more and more uh, unfortunate cases where it not only was not working, but it was coming to uh, very negative and destructive outcomes. And as a result of that, we started seeing some major changes in the court system where the court started to uh, basically wake up and say, you know, we can't go that way anymore. We've got to start making decisions about child custody and uh, access that are based on the psychological best interests of the children involved. And that was certainly the right way to go. It was the right decision to make. Uh, The uh, heavy part of it, though, was that at that time, there was no predetermined, reestablished methodology for determining the psychological best interest or for getting that information into the courts. So, again, just fortuitously, uh, I was in the right place at the right time, I guess. I uh, got involved with a number of other professionals both uh, clinical psychologists and clinical social workers who were finding themselves in the same position, and we made the determination that uh, we really had to get together and work out some standardized patterns of doing child custody investigations, determining what would be in the child's best interest, and then being able to go into court not as a hired gun by mommy's attorney or daddy's attorney, but as the court's witness, and present uh, evidence and information about what would be best for the kids. So it was very, very heavy work, very, very demanding work, uh, very, very challenging work, but I spent a, a good number of years doing that. Uh, ended up being one of the first psychologists in Canada to be recognized by the Supreme Court as a uh, an expert in child custody and uh, as things uh, transpired in my life. I ended up uh, moving to uh, South Florida and getting involved with a clinical psychiatrist in Florida who was working with the court systems who wanted me introducing the whole concept into the South Florida courts. So I ended up uh, very fortuitously being the uh, first psychologist to be uh, appointed as an expert in child custody by both the Dade and Broward County court systems in South Florida. So it was very, very challenging, very rewarding, but uh, really uh, a very, very meaningful uh, part of my uh, clinical uh, career. In any event, after Pam and I got together, we uh, hadn't been together that long before we decided to semi-retire. We were going to move from southeast Florida over to southwest Florida. We started raising alpacas, as uh, Pam said, she uh, started getting involved in the home-based business, multi-level marketing arena. And uh, as you mentioned, Peter, I was not involved in that, but I was certainly supportive of her doing it. But when she came home and said she really wanted to talk about the possibility of becoming professional travel consultants, it was something that just grabbed both of us. We uh, did look into it. Uh, realized that there was a right way of doing it if we were going to do it and made the decision that if we were going to do it, we would do it the right way. We got all the training that was available. We got all the proper licensures, et cetera, And we also made the determination that we would spend the time and the effort finding those travel vendors that we felt comfortable working with and recommending and uh, you know, going along with uh, who had the same uh, approach to their clientele that we did—that they wanted to do the best for their clients and give them the best value for their uh, for their uh, holiday and vacation uh, funds, etc. So we did that, and uh, as Pam said, we did end up doing a lot more travel than we would have been able to do had we not become uh, professional travel consultants, and uh, that still continues. When COVID did hit. Uh, everything did kind of uh, hit the fan, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, as uh, we were talking before, Peter, during that whole period of time, you and I uh, were prognosticating about what we thought was going to happen and our uh, good thoughts that uh, things would come back, uh, and it's uh, been good to uh, be able to relate to people how uh, we were dead on correct the uh, travel industry uh, has come back uh, much bigger and better than ever before and in particular the cruising industry is continuing to do that and uh, a lot of exciting things happening this week that we can uh, talk about after a break
1: excellent information so we're going to take a little commercial break make sure you check them out at harshman we'll be right
0: back You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. This special segment can be heard again with almost any device connected to the internet by going to buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Listen in often and get to know Pam and Ron. Go to the buildingfortunesradio.com website to listen in to the show. No matter where you're at in life, you can benefit by listening to and by working with Pam and Ron. Let them book your next cruise, vacation getaway or group event. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio and witness their ability to pursue their dreams in the field they love. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the Harshman Travel Radio Show.
1: And we are back. Ron is going to cover the new news or maybe recap 2023 or whatever you're going to do next, and you can take as much time as you want.
3: All righty. Thanks, Peter. I always like starting off with uh, good news when we have it. Uh, and uh, news that uh, kind of really hits the point of how the uh, travel industry and in particular the cruise industry uh, always manages to uh, have a positive impact uh, on the environment and the uh, people uh, with which they come in contact. And uh, this uh, Christmas uh, holiday, uh, we had a perfect example of that. Uh Costa Cruise Lines, which is one of the uh, uh, Carnival subsidiaries, uh, had a ship that was uh, sailing the uh, Arabic Sea west of the uh, Indian coast. And uh, on December 25th, uh, the uh, bridge on that ship got a phone call from a couple of the guests that were on board the ship who reported that they saw off of their own uh, cabin balcony a group of people with life jackets stranded at sea about a mile away from the ship. And uh, the uh, captain uh, turned the ship around and uh, went and found the people. They notified the Indian Coast Guard. And uh, several hours uh, later, the uh, Coast Guard was able to catch up to the uh, Costa ship. And uh, they rescued the uh, five people who were there, and uh, they were all receiving uh, first aid treatment at the Mumbai uh, Hospital and are reported to be in uh, in good health. And uh, that was on uh, Christmas Day. And on December 26, the uh, Costa was docked uh, at the port of Kochi, and the captain of the Indian Coast Guard, Uh, delivered an appreciation uh, plaque to the ship's captain for uh, making the efforts and uh, participating and basically saving the lives of those people. So, again, I I really uh, take pleasure in seeing those instances where uh, cruise lines uh, come to the rescue and uh, and have a very... uh, positive impact on uh, the uh, people and the environment in which they uh, find themselves. Uh, a number of very uh, positive um, reports uh, have come out during the past couple of weeks uh, regarding uh, the uh, increase during 23 and the proposed and expected uh, increases at 24, 25, and 26 Uh, from a number of different cruise lines. Carnival Cruise Line uh, was uh, instrumental apparently in uh, halving Amber Cove in the Dominican Republic and uh, Ensenada in Michigan each reach over one million cruise guests by the end of 2023 and uh, the uh, Carnival uh, Cruise Lines uh, pointed out that uh, during the 2023, they uh, reached uh, 1 million uh, guests in each of those um, ports of call. So, uh, again, just uh, really uh, an impact that uh, the cruise lines are having uh, not only for the people who take cruises, but for the different ports uh, where they uh, dock, et cetera. uh, Another big announcement from Carnival, uh, they announced that during uh, 2023 they carried some 3.5 million new-to-cruise guests. In other words, they had over 3.5 million people taking cruises on Carnival Corporation uh, cruise line are cruise lines, different cruise lines, um, who had never cruised before. So these are brand-new uh, cruise enthusiasts, and uh, obviously, obviously they said that uh, uh, a number of them uh, were the uh, younger people on shorter cruises uh, because they were first-time cruisers and uh, just trying it out. But uh, when you see the numbers that are involved, Um, in uh, participating in the cruise industry when we think back to what was going on during the uh, couple of uh, COVID years uh, and the uh, expectation and hopes of some government officials that uh, they would uh, be able to uh, celebrate the demise of the cruise industry. uh, It's just nice to see um, how they are, the cruise industry is giving them all the uh, the middle finger to uh, to uh, put it uh, in, in a uh, socially acceptable uh, phrase. In any event, another uh, big announcement from Carnival: they are announcing, or they they have just recently announced that in the fourth quarter of 2023. They have approximately 85 percent of their 2024 business already on the books. So again, uh, the uh, increase that they are seeing, uh, the European brands, uh, branches, uh, brands—I'm sorry—the European brands as well as the North American brands are just uh, booking at phenomenal uh, levels, and uh, we're just seeing uh, just tremendous growth all over. Uh, I had mentioned before about American Cruise Lines, which is the riverboat uh, cruise line here in the States. Uh, they had uh, taken, uh, over the last couple of years, a number of new ships added to their fleet. They just announced that they have five more new ships under construction and the majority of these uh, are going to be for the US market. Uh, they are expanding their uh, on the coast and their focus on the Mississippi and Columbia rivers but uh, they are uh, really uh, anticipating a tremendous upsurge and uh, it's nice to see that their ships are being built here in the States. Um, in uh, in Maryland. So uh, that's good to see also. Um, the other major thing that is happening, uh, uh, the uh, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, which is uh, Oceania, uh, Norwegian, and um, uh, why do I always forget the other one? Uh, regions uh, seven Seas. Uh, they are really expanding uh, tremendously. They have uh, ships from Oceania and Norwegian that are being uh, undergoing rebuilds. Uh, they have new builds coming on that are uh, just enjoying their uh, first year sales. They are going to be uh, moving, with new itineraries uh, and uh, going to uh, places that they have not been before. They're going to the Antarctica, South America, Africa, Asia, the Middle East, Australia, New Zealand, and uh, they have announced these new uh, ports of call for 24-25, and uh, some of the new ports of call uh, Manama in uh, Bahrain, Raranda in the Cook Islands, Sokna in Egypt, Akita in Japan, and these are going to be between October 24 and December of 25. And uh, it's just nice to see the uh, expansion that is going on with them. Uh, Oceania uh, one of these subsidiaries announced uh, brand new itineraries for that line for 24-25 in Africa and Asia. And uh, one of their new itineraries is a 59-day grand voyage, um, which is going to be going uh, Africa and Asia. So if people are uh, wanting to uh, book that, it, It leaves actually on my birthday in 2024, November 14, 2024. It will be sailing from Barcelona for 59 days. So uh, if you're interested, uh, give us a call. Uh, Royal Caribbean uh, is expecting their icon of the seas, the newest, biggest one. It is presently on its way uh, to uh, America. And uh, it will be entering service in January, sailing from the uh, port of Miami. Uh, they will be returning to China, and uh, they are, uh, again, looking at increasing their ports of call, their itineraries, and uh, in particular, what they have available uh, on board the ship. They are uh, doing Uh, new programming, and uh, really expanding the experience that people will have uh, on cruises. So even people who have cruised before uh, are going to have new and exciting things. Obviously, people who are new to cruising are going to have some uh, major new things to see as well. We've talked before about MSC and their expansion they just launched a new worldwide integrated marketing campaign titled for titled for a greater beauty, and uh, they are activating this uh, campaign in uh, more than 30 countries, um, and uh, they are looking to uh, to really uh, make a, a big big mark in the uh, cruise industry uh, and and become uh, very solidly one of the uh, the major players. Um, The Island Princess, Princess Cruises, uh, 111-night world cruise will be going out of Fort Lauderdale uh, sometime early this year, and again, highlighted a total of 51 ports of call, in 27 countries and territories across the Caribbean, Pacific Ocean, New Zealand, Australia, Southeast Asia, the Indian Ocean, the Middle East, the Mediterranean, and the Atlantic Ocean. So again, we are seeing just uh, major, major commitments uh, that are uh, being made by the different cruise lines to just expand, expand, expand. Hall uh, in America is having their 2024 20, Grand World Voyage. It is a 127-night uh, itinerary including a total of 46 different ports of call. They will be uh, transi- transiting the Panama and Suez Canal and there will be uh, different ports of call in Asia, the Mediterranean and the uh, Pacific. So again, uh, whether people are looking for a uh, short two or three day vacation or a week or two week vacation or a long extended world cruise um, there's something for everybody uh, in the uh, in the cruise uh, menu that is uh, available for people Um, Viking who has recently gone into the ocean cruising. They were primarily uh, with river cruises in Europe. They started a couple of years ago uh, an ocean-going section, and uh, they are uh, expecting that uh, 24 will be a major, major uh, growth for them, Uh, and uh, they are expecting uh, and are already finding Many of their 2024 uh, cruises are already sold out. Uh, Again, in terms of uh, cruise lines participating in the uh, areas where they are participating in the different ports of call, et cetera, uh, Princess Cruises uh, made a big announcement that they are celebrating the 55th anniversary of sailing to Alaska. Uh, And they will be sailing the 65th anniversary of statehood. So Alaska became a state 65 years ago. Princess has been sailing there for the last 55 years. And uh, they are going to, in 2024, they are announcing, they have announced the biggest season for Alaska. They will have 158 departures. 14 unique itineraries, 17 different destinations, and seven ships uh, going to Alaska. Uh, last thing I wanted to, uh, to announce that, I, again, we're seeing some uh, fantastic growth. There are 14 new ships that will be entering service in 2024, and these are ships that are uh, all different sizes, going from uh, 400 uh, guests up to uh, 5,000, 3,000, just going through here, 54,000, the Silver Sea Cruises, I'm sorry, 728, I was looking at tonnage. that's a big number. Uh, 3,000 guests um, for uh, this one uh, on the Queen Anne. And again, these are uh, ships that will be uh, sailing worldwide Uh, Finland, Italy, Germany, uh, another one from Germany, France, Uh, just a whole listing. As I said, uh, 14 different cruise lines that will be entering service uh, this year. So, again, Uh, We, as Pam mentioned a little bit ago, we are getting ready for uh, our uh, initial cruise uh, uh, post-COVID, and uh, there are many, many, many opportunities available for people. As we have stressed many times before on the show, Peter, uh, it only makes sense if somebody is even thinking about the possibility of uh, having a cruise vacation If you have any idea of when that might be, take advantage of the great offerings that are out there right now in terms of great rates and extra amenities, etc. Make a small deposit you've got until the final deposit is due, which is um, much closer to the actual sale date that if your plans fall through, if you're not able to go, your money is 100% refundable. If you are able to go, you have uh, locked in a great package and uh, can look forward to enjoying a great vacation. So give us a call. Any questions you have, we are happy to do the research and uh, come up with uh, suggestions and alternatives for you to look at.
1: Excellent information as usual. Make sure you check them out. Go to harshmantravel.com. HarshmanTravel.com We'll be back next week On Building Fortunes Radio Make sure you go check them out Ron, thanks so much Great news Like super great news
3: Thank you, Peter Take care, we'll everybody you. Have a good week we'll catch next week.
1: Thanks, you. Thanks
0: You've been listening To the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment On Building Fortunes Radio With your hosts Pam and Ron Harshman And Peter Meagle. Be sure to check out The BuildingFortunesRadio.com Website To hear previous radio shows With Pam and Ron Harshman And Peter Meagle. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingles and I want to say thanks for listening and ask you to spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.